Hey, good morning, everyone. We are live now. Welcome home, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Right, that's wonderful. We are now on the second Sunday of Lent. So let us welcome one another. Take this time before we um, come together collectively as a community to worship and encounter and grow, right, spiritually, right? Let us greet one another online and on site, right? Just look to friends, new and old siblings and friends, right? And share that joy and peace with one another, right? So welcome once again to Free Community Church, our Sunday service. Before we respond to call to worship, uh, we are in the season of the Sermon of Lent. And for this year, our Sermon Arc is Tending, Loving, Caring. Right. When I first read through the, like I read the title for the Sermon series, for the Lent, the theme for Lent, what I first noticed would be, instead of t- Tender TLC, I was assuming Tender Loving Care. Then, when I read in detail, oh, everything has been changed into a verb. And that, I believe, that is actually intentional, right? Because of the stages of growing, being in the community, in the, in the process of tending to one another, loving one another, and caring one another. So, before we come into call to worship, right, I'd like to invite you to tend to yourselves. Right? Often, and that means to turn our attention right, to where we are, how we are feeling. Often we are people filled with superpowers of time travel and mind reading. Right? I'm not sure about you because even on my way here, I'll be thinking, oh, what should I be saying later on? You know? Or oh, what would people be, people be thinking? We all like to do that projection, right? exerting our superpowers from a distance. Right, time traveling, traveling back in the past, in the future, but often not in the present moment. So, I invite all of us as we attend to the call to worship, join in the call to worship. Let us attend to ourselves, recognize where we are, lovingly, right, and then present it as an offering to God to worship in truth and in spirit. So may I invite all of us, right, online and on-site, to join me, for those who are on-site, to rise and embody and in spirit, to respond to the call to worship. Hungry for meaning, welcome Come home. home. Thirsty for purpose, welcome, welcome home. home. Yearning for comfort, welcome, welcome home. home. Burning for challenge, welcome, welcome home. home. Ready for learning? Welcome home. Eager for serving? Welcome, welcome home and, and welcome, welcome to, to worship. worship. Now let's join our worship team to worship together and counter our God.
Good morning, church. My name is Mark, um, and I'll be guiding you through prayer today. Uh, so just some um, um, structure to the prayer. Uh, we'll start off with a moment of settling in, um, with then a moment of corporate prayer, followed by... Um, some time for you to just um, lift out the prayers and concerns of your own heart to God uh, before we come together again and close off the prayer. Okay? Alright, so let's um, close our eyes and prepare ourselves for prayer. As you close your eyes, uh, I'd like to invite you to uh, drop into your breath. And just get a sense of the space around you. As you get more comfortable in the space around you, I'd like to invite uh, each one of us to examine and bring to attention the state of our hearts. And as we become more aware of the state of our hearts, let us also invite the Holy Spirit into the spaces that need it the most. Gracious and loving Father, thank you for your nurturing and motherly care for each one of us. In your presence, we experience perfect love, the kind of love that casts out all fears. Lord, we give thanks for all the happy emotions that we experience all our joys and thanksgiving for the beautiful things that we enjoy in our lives big ones major achievements the many things that we have earned and possess 
we also give thanks for the difficult emotions. Those moments where all the more we need to lean on you and trust that, Lord, you're in your presence. We are safe. No matter the joys, sorrows, achievements and losses. In this season of Lent, grant us a humble and willing heart. Guide us through the wilderness as we learn to examine as individuals in our daily walk with Christ and also as a church as we walk together with each other to reflect on what it means to be your children made in your image. Lord, we ask for you to guide us as we journey through this. Lord, we pray for Singapore as we go through this period of discerning and deciding how to use our resources and the kind of society that we, and community that we want to be. We pray for wisdom for our leaders in this country, that this country will be a place of inclusion and of compassion. And guide us, Lord, as a church situated here in Singapore, in this part of Asia, to really be that voice in the wilderness. Guide us, Lord, to not shy away from what you've called us to be as a very diverse community with very special and unique gifts and experiences to share. Help us to speak truth, but truth in love. Help us, Lord, as Jesus did here on earth in his ministry, the way he transformed and changed the world forevermore. Lord, we give thanks for all that we have. And in the next few moments, as we lift up our prayers to you, help us, Lord, to do so from a place of complete trust.
Lord, thank you for listening to us, our prayers, the words of our hearts, spoken and unspoken. Guide us, Lord, as a church and as each member of this church. Help us to take the time to really walk into the interior life of our hearts. We ask for hearts that are willing, ears that can hear, and also hands and feet ready to do your will. Lord, we pray and ask that as we learn to live out your will in, on this earth, that we will also engage in the practice of storing our treasures in the places where rust and moth do not consume. And if we should ever stray, Lord, may our hearts be ever willing to return in alignment with you, knowing that in you there is perfect love that casts out all fears. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning and welcome to FCC. So good to see all of your faces, uh, some from far away. Uh, so nice to see you. Some um, we see you all the time and I'm so glad to see you uh, this week. And some we see you sporadically and we are glad to have you as well. And also to all of you online, you know, welcome and welcome home. Um, I just want to invite you to say a word of prayer. So do we want to show the QR code yet or after, is it? Here? Okay. So I want to just invite all of you, uh, if you can, uh, to get onto our menti.com. So you can either uh, scan the QR code there, uh, or you can use our short link, fcc.li slash menti, and it'll take you to the slides for today. And the reason why I'm inviting you to do this is because uh, for those of you who are new to us, uh, we use menti uh, in our sermons. Uh, it's a great way for us to actually hear from you and for you to actually share your insights with me and with everyone else. And I think this really adds to this sermon time. Uh, and it, um, 
it's collective wisdom, right? It's community wisdom, it's community experience. It, it speaks of what God is doing amongst us. So um, just give you a couple of uh, seconds to get onto Menti, uh, and then we'll go into our sermon for today. Okay. Will you join me in a word of prayer? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, God, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, who calls us to die so we may truly live. Amen. So today's sermon is actually titled, Dying to Live. You know, when I first attended seminary about 20 years ago, I remember taking a pastoral counselling class. And during that very first class, my professor told us this one thing that I will never forget. He said, you know, many Christians have sustained emotional and psychological damage due to the widespread misuse misunderstanding and misinterpretation of verses such as deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me, you know, from Mark 8, which we will cover today, as well as John's verse in John 3.30, he must increase, and, but I must decrease, right? And Christians sometimes understand this to mean that in order to be a good Christian in any situation, you must die to yourself. Other people's interests should always come first. Your unique personhood is not that important. In fact, you must decrease so that God can increase in your life. In other words, make yourself smaller until you almost disappear. And this is a very dangerous message because this has resulted in some Christians believing that their lives and who God has made them to be is not important. And such verses have been used out of context to encourage many to serve to the point of destroying their health, to stay in abusive relationships, to let themselves be taken advantage of, to bury their God-given talents, decrease, right? Or allow others to walk all over them. And it has even been twisted into messages like, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you must deny your gayness, pick up your cross of straightness, and follow him. Or something to that effect. Or deny your human dignity, and pick up your cross of domestic abuse and follow him. Or deny your own spiritual experience, Pick up your cross of trusting religious leaders to tell you what to believe. So today's lectionary passage actually gives us an opportunity to look deeper into these verses. And as we do, I want to invite you to ask yourselves, what did Jesus really mean when he asked his disciples to deny themselves, pick up the cross and follow him? And so I want to read to you from Mark 8. 31 to 38. And it starts with, 
Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And that is our passage today. And there are two verses in this passage of Scripture that I would like us to focus on today. What did Jesus mean by deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me? And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. So let's just poll all of you first, okay? What do you think Jesus meant by deny yourself? At least what have you heard, right? Some of you have heard this um, being said in churches, maybe by friends or by well-meaning people, you know. And what, what have you understood deny yourself to mean, right? Yep. Things like to put down your ego. Perhaps, yes. Definitely deny yourself is very linked to things like sacrifice, right? Every time someone wants to remind you, you know, you need sacrifice, you say, oh, you know what Jesus said, right? Deny yourself, yes. A Christ focus, mm-hmm. to stop sinning, right? Often it's very linked to telling people to stop sinning, right? Fleshy desires, uh, yes, think of others. Give up fear and sloth, that's interesting. Other-centeredness, well, yeah, to some extent. To deny my greed, mm-hmm. to pause and think, putting others first, putting away your desires, deny earthly pleasures, right? You know, that's often the way people kind of segregate it, right? Um, deny my ego, yes. So the ego does come up quite a bit, right? But you see, Christ's focus is quite an important one, right? That quite a few of you are saying. Ignore your smallness, mm, interesting. Okay. Doing God's will, stop sinning, spend more time with God. Hmm. Very good. Desires, right? Finding space for your real self. Oh, very good. Interesting. Deny worldly values. Mm-hmm. Right, so there are just many different things that we've been associating deny yourself with, right? And, and, and people have also automatically kind of just used this to, you know, as long as they want to tell you to stop sinning, they go, ah, deny yourself. Uh, put aside fleshly pleasures, worldly pleasures, uh, also deny yourself, right? And I'm not saying that those are not true, but let's take some time to kind of dive in, right, and think about it. We will use the text to help us explain and understand a bit better, okay? 
we know that deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me, is explained by and is closely related to the second statement that Jesus says. Right? Because Jesus immediately follows up with for those who want to save their life. Right? So he says, deny yourself. He says that statement. And then he says, for those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Okay? So we can conclude that these two statements are intimately connected and they help explain one another. We have to look at that denying themselves with this second statement. But not only that, you follow through into the third statement beyond that and it further elaborates on the first two statements, right? For, it's, for Jesus said, For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? So you know that all these statements together is going to help you understand it a bit better. Reading in context is important, right? We can't just take one phrase and throw it at people and tell people they should deny themselves in whatever situation that we deem is what they should deny themselves of, right? Jesus is basically giving us clues to better understand what he was trying to say. And we should realize that denying ourselves has to do with losing our lives for Jesus' sake and the sake of the gospel, and then finding ourselves when we understand that our greatest profit is not to gain the whole world, but to give of ourselves. Context is important. When verses are ripped out of context and used as a weapon, it's toxic and it's potentially harmful. You will know when you've internalized a toxic interpretation of Jesus' words. You see, Jesus' words should be life-giving. Yes, they are challenging. Yes, they will prod you deep inside, and they should. But ultimately, Jesus' words should be life-giving. If instead of Jesus' words giving you life, you find yourself hurting, exhausted, empty, and overwhelmed, this is when you need to re-examine your understanding of what Jesus says. So let's zoom out a little bit, right? And we look at the larger context of this passage. Because when this passage is taken out of context, it seems to suggest that the mission of Jesus and his disciples is to suffer and die, right? This is what that passage that we read seemed to say, right? Just as it is. And therefore, we are all called to suffer and die, right? However, when we read it within its narrative context, meaning the bigger story, we come to see that the mission of Jesus and his disciples is to actually give life. At the beginning of Mark 8, we see Jesus feeding the 4,000 out of his compassion for them. He actually tells his disciples, because I'm compassionate for them, I want to feed them. And then he also invites his disciples to help feed the crowds too. Life-giving, right? He then heals a blind man at Bethsaida. And later, in a conversation with his disciples in Caesarea Philippi, he acknowledges that he is indeed the Messiah, the anointed king through whom God would deliver God's people. And then we get to the passage for today, which begins with, then he began to teach them. So we know that this is right in the middle of a conversation that Jesus had been having with his disciples, right? 
And after numerous examples of showing how Jesus' mission is to give life. So in this context, Jesus explains that he must undergo rejection, suffering, death. And Jesus dies ultimately because powerful humans oppose both his healing mission and the disruption his mission brings to establish religious and political laws. But you see, at that time, Peter couldn't understand that. And so he rebukes Jesus for saying that he would die. And then Jesus rebukes him back, telling him that he is not setting his mind on divine things, but on human things. So what is the divine thing that Jesus wants us to set our minds on? The divine thing that Jesus wants us to set our minds on is this whole next section, this section that we have been talking about on how denying ourselves has to do with losing our lives for Jesus' sake and the sake of the gospel, and then finding ourselves when we understand that our greatest profit is not to gain the whole world, but it's actually to give of ourselves. So I want to ask you, if you ever had this experience, right? Have you ever experienced losing something? Losing someone? Losing, it can be something that's intangible, that you can't, it's not concrete, but losing something deep, right? And then realizing that in the end, you had gained much more. Have you ever had experiences like that? And what was it like? I'm just going to give you a, a couple of minutes just to think about that, to reflect a little bit about that, and, and to help share with us, okay? Because I think your experiences is going to be very helpful to many of us here, right? So have you ever experienced losing something, and then, later on, realize that you have actually gained much more? And perhaps it's also on hindsight, right? So I'm giving you an opportunity now to perhaps think back it's something that felt like a huge loss at that time. But later on, you realise actually you had gained something more. My breakup, okay, an end of a toxic relationship to gain a beautiful relationship. Uh, interesting, right? Uh, that relationships are quite a big thing, right? I've been struggling with insomnia, but this has led me to church and I've gained so many revelations in God's love. Thanks for sharing that. Losing my previous job but gained freedom to be fully myself. That's beautiful. Double the portion. Wow, okay. It's great. Insomnia, losing sleep. Mm -hmm. Losing a previous job but going to this current job which is so much more meaningful and less toxic. Yeah, so jobs, relationship, sleep. Lost my job, got laid off, feeling very freed from the shackles of employment and embarking on a career switch. To, to what I truly love to do. Yay! Yay with you. <coughs> when my partner asked me to treat work like a retirement job, a lot more joy and less stress. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we also have to lose our own mindsets and perspectives about certain things, right? Things that we hold very dear to us. It's always scary to walk out of familiar relationships and places that had once upon a time nourished you in some way. Yes, absolutely true. But once I'm out, the liberation is so intense, I will never look back. Thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. Losing friends in a church after coming out, but making new friends and finding FCC. I'm sorry that we sometimes had to lose friends and even a church family, a church community. 
But I'm glad that God brings new people into our lives and brings new family into our lives. Broke out with my partner of five years, but realized the unhealthy patterns I was getting myself into, and I've gained the peace of mind she always complained I didn't have. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> having plans fall through during COVID and having other opportunities arise, yes. I think a lot of us have experienced that, right? COVID threw all of us into a loop. Everything fell through in many different ways, right? At different levels. But learning from that, the new opportunities arise. The fact that we are online now, that was an opportunity from COVID, okay? So interesting how God works, right? Learn that I could only see how God works in ways that I could not see in the midst of a difficult time. Yes, absolutely true. Usually when we're going through that very difficult challenge in our lives, it's really hard to see God at work. And often we have the benefit of hindsight later on, right? Losing the need for control, but learning to see how God will be with me and can work in my life. Yes, we all need that, right? Losing my addiction to gain freedom, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, it changed my mind about how sure I was of God's plans. Yep, my job. My identity is not linked to how others think of me. Losing the need to seek others' approval. Yay! That is, that is freedom indeed. Losing friendships who didn't value the relationship, but finding friends who accept you as you are. That's wonderful. Losing my freedom when I was arrested, briefly, brought me back to God after 20 years in the desert. Isn't God amazing? in the way that God keeps bringing us home. Lost health, but gained understanding that God loves me, regardless of what I can or cannot do. Yes. Friends, job, life, but gains soberness. Learned to trust in the Lord. Yes. Losing the need to correct people. <laughs> That's great. Also good for the people around you. And gaining peace and mental health. Yes, I'm so glad for you. Uh, the world doesn't end. Yes, that's right. Lost a romantic relationship that was devastating, but gained caring friends for, for much longer. Losing all inhibitions and what you feel was your stature, but how people look up to you, but chose to be your authentic self and find true friends you want to keep for a long time. <laughs> Actually, did I really lose anything? Mm, go think about it, okay? But thank you so much for sharing so much lessons, so many lessons, so much love, so much growth that we can all see in this one space. And I'm so happy for the things that you have gained in the midst of what you have lost. You see, Jesus' teachings often seem paradoxical, and they but they contain deep spiritual truths and wisdom within them, as some of your experiences have actually spoke of. Dying to ourselves means letting go of our false selves, our false ego, to become who we are meant to be. Thomas Merton was a Trappist monk who first suggested the use of the term false self to help clarify the meaning of Jesus' teaching here in Mark 8, verse 35. Because this verse actually has caused much havoc and pushback throughout Christian history, all right? It's not just now that we are grappling with it. Throughout human history, people have been like, struggling with this verse because it sounds so negative. It was usually interpreted as an appeal to deny the body. Whatever is your bodily desires, worldly pleasures, okay, you deny that, to kind of split that up. But Richard Raw explains that the full intent, really, 
that Jesus has in this verse is personal liberation, not self-punishment. And you see that from a lot of your examples and your experiences, right? That when you lose something and then you gain something, you experience freedom and liberation. Your false self is how you define yourself outside of love, relationship, or divine union. After you've spent many years, and many of us do it, building this separate ego self with all of its labels and habits, you are very attached to it. And why wouldn't you be? It's all you know. To move beyond this privately concocted identity, Richard Ross says, it naturally feels like losing or dying. So Merton rightly recognised that it was not the body that had to die, but the false self, which is always an imposter posing for me, not the real you, the imposter. So Jesus uses this beautiful metaphor to explain what dying to yourself means. So when you want to understand what Jesus says, go read other things that Jesus says, right? And maybe it will give us a better idea. And this is found in John 12, verse 24 to 25. And Jesus was telling his disciples then, listen carefully, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and it reproduces itself many times over. And in the same way, anyone who holds on to life as it is, destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. You see, the wisdom is that a grain of wheat must be buried deep in the ground in order to become what it's really meant to become. That burial is like a death. That grain stops being a grain when it gets buried. The false self falls away. And then the kernel of that grain sprouts and grows and reproduces itself many times over. That little grain eventually becomes all it was meant to be. But it has to die in order to live. So Nadia Boltzweber tries to explain it this way. She says, when Jesus says, deny yourself, Maybe it's really about denying the self that wants to see itself as separate from God and others. The false self. Deny the self that does not feel worthy of God's love. Deny the self that thinks it is more worthy of God's love than its enemy is. In other words, deny all that belittles who we were born to be and all that belittles what others were born to be. Because what I really want you to know is that dying to the false self, no matter how painful, letting go of the things that are really hard for us will actually bring you real life. Real life. It takes losing your false self to find your true self the one God created you to be. And that's why I titled my sermon today, Dying to Live. It has two meanings. 
Like the grain, we need to allow our false selves to die before we can truly live. But the second meaning is that it's dying to live. I hope that we're all desiring to live as fully as we can, as fully as God created us to live. So if you don't remember anything from today, I hope you at least remember this, okay? As followers of Christ, we are called to die to ourselves by letting go of our false selves to become who we are meant to be. And we truly find life when we give of ourselves for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom of God. So poet and retired pastor Steve Garner's Holmes explains it really well. And I recently kind of discovered him and I thought his reflections have been very um, rich and wise. He says to deny ourselves is to deny whatever fears keeps us from loving fully. It is to let go of our self-centeredness, to transcend our ego, to abandon our little skull cage, death-leashed bit of fear, and desire instead to become the infinitely alive and loving children of God we truly are. The infinitely alive and loving children of God we truly are. As those who embody God's love, we give of our lives for love. We are not afraid even of death because we trust that with love and grace, God overabundantly renews life in us. So we follow Jesus out of ourselves and into infinite life. Without fear, we take up our cross, practice, practice compassionate self-giving, and join Jesus in loving the world into its newness. You are love. You are beloved. Deny anything less and love without limit. You see, there is freedom in letting go. Some of you talked about letting go of relationships that were difficult and toxic. There is freedom in that. Sometimes it is letting go of jobs, even though it may not have been your choice. But in it, you may find something new that you love. There's freedom in letting go of our need for control, of our need to be liked and respected, our need to be strong, to be right. Though costly, the way of Jesus, the way of the cross, leads in the end to resurrection. So I wonder, what is one thing you will commit to doing to help let go of your false self so you can become who God meant you to be? So we talked about a lot of different things today. We talked about what denying yourself might mean, what it means to die to your false self so that you can truly be all that God had meant you to be. It requires a letting go of certain parts of yourself. And it may not be something that you can do overnight, but are there things that you can commit to doing, even one small step, one small thing that will help you to say, I can let go of that. 
I can let go of that need to be in control. I can let go of the things that I often struggle with, thinking that I have to do it by myself. So what is that one thing that you can do and that you, you will do to help let go of that false self so you can grow? Just like the grain, right? Being a people pleaser, yeah. That is true for many of us, right? Stop hiding the less desirable parts of myself, but just letting it be, yes. We all try so hard, right? It's our ego, right? That container that we are trying to like create. And with social media, it's even more so. We are all trying to curate a certain image of ourselves on social media. When that's actually not really your true self. And we are all often trying to hide. But really? Perhaps when people see us for who we are, perhaps when we allow ourselves to be seen for who we are, we become so much more. To let go of insecurities and the need for approval by other people, yes. Being in the baby state. Mm. To let go of being a victim, yes. Be clear on the type of relationships I'm in and operate in love according to the relationship type so that we can both be healthy, wholesome versions of ourselves. That's beautiful. How to set healthy boundaries in my life, in my relationships and interactions. Yep. Putting myself first instead of others that like I've been trained to all my life. Yes. I know, right? That sounds almost counterintuitive sometimes, right? Because in church, we've often been told, right? Always put others first, right? God must increase, I must decrease, right? But people forget that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? The second is like this, to love your neighbour as yourself. We always forget that how we learn to love, how we can truly love, is so much to do with our own ways of loving ourselves. Our own ways of practising compassion on ourselves is the way that you'll practise compassion on others. Following the flow, yep. To let go of my desire to be able to make concrete differences and just be present with people. Yes. And sometimes that is the greatest gift, isn't it? Just being present, just being there. I like to learn how to sit quietly and let go of the need to do things. Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all need to learn this? To actually just sit, be still, and not feel like we need to keep be doing things, right? Always question why I think and feel the way I do to see if it is me who's holding me back from growing in God. Mm -hmm. Letting go of the need to keep quiet and start articulating my views and feelings. That's wonderful. So interesting, right? You see, there are moments when we have learned to be quiet and to be still. There are moments, and for some of us, learning to verbalize and express our thoughts, our opinions, our feelings is actually a spiritual discipline. All right? So do it. Let go of the fear of disappointing others. Yes, yes. That's such a burden and a weight to carry. Stop maximizing insomnia as a part of my identity, as an insomniac. It only happens a handful of times a year. My life is blessed and I'm grateful. Yes, indeed. Stop labeling ourselves. 
we often label ourselves all sorts of things, right? In our mind, uh, maybe we don't say it verbally, right? But we label ourselves. Stop doing that. You are complex and beautiful and multidimensional and God loves you just as you are. Stop being worried about what other people will think, yes. Hiding my talents due to the tall poppy syndrome. Interesting, I've never heard that. Okay, come and explain to me if you're here, okay, later. But I'll go Google it. Um, let go of expectations of things and of others. Let go of wanting to be light, yeah. Examine why I have so much self-worth invested in other people's approval or praise so I can choose what I do and believe about myself more freely, yes. We invest so much worth in what other people say and think about us. So much more than what we think about ourselves or even what God thinks of us, right? To get away from the people that is holding me back, to pray for guidance, yeah. to stop minimizing the gifts and talents that God has given me, to step out in accordance with the level of expertise I have been privileged and grateful to have, yes, please do. Say what you mean and mean what you say, yes. Letting go of having to act straight just to gain the approval of the bigger majority, yes. And how difficult that is, right? <laughs> Acting straight when you are not. Um, just be, all right? Have God's value and God's kingdom values, yes. Needing validation by others to feel enough, my helplessness and powerlessness in problems we face, yep. To put myself first, yep. And that's why this season of land, I was just talking to Jimmy earlier on before service. I love that we decided on this slant, right? Because usually seasons of land, we tend to come from a harsher, more punishing um, point of view, right? Like, we need to have spiritual disciplines, we need to like fast, you know, we need to like, you know, really beat ourselves up, you know, to, to kind of do it right, right? Uh, historically, like, okay, not really in FCC, you know, but we do like, you know, tend to have this whole spiritual disciplines, right? And, and spiritual disciplines are, are not, don't get me wrong, okay, are important, and those are good, it's to help us. But how we frame it is very important. Because if you frame it from a harsh punishment point of view, that is not going to get us where we need to go. That is not going to get us to be all that God has meant us to be. How we get there is through tending, through loving, caring ourselves and others. To do all that, and that's what will get us to become all that God has meant for us to be. To let go of the belief that I need to do a lot to be worthy of my place. Yes, you are worthy as is, just as you are, not because of what you do. Giving up control of our problems we have no power over, yes. Invite those I trust to point out my blind spots, yes. We all need that, right? We all need people that we trust to say, okay, I trust you. I'm going to give you permission to point out my blind spots, okay? So do it compassionately, but do it honestly, okay? Thank you, and we'll do it for each other. To move away from blinding, doing, to taking time to tend to my relationship with God, yep, to love and care for myself well. I love that. Let go of tolerating verbal and emotional abuse. Yes, you don't deserve that, okay? Invite those I trust to point out my blind spot. Yeah, okay, you said that. Learn more about what God meant for me to be, Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all this. And these are all so beautiful. And I just want to acknowledge that and to carry that space, right? That all of us hold this space for one another to grow and to be all that God has meant for you to be. So I want to end by sharing with you this poem 
um, by Steve Garner's Holmes. And as I read it, I want to invite you to allow the words to sink in. And perhaps it can be your prayer as well as we close this time. And this poem is called Take Up Your Cross. The Christian faith is not a set of opinions about Jesus. It is a life of following Him, practicing His self-giving love. To follow Jesus is to enter the suffering of the world. The cross is not an annoyance, a burden, an injustice. Your cross to bear is not the overbearing aunt. It is the fear of the abused, the tears of the deported, the rage of the dismissed, the weariness of the exploited, the despair of the condemned, the loneliness of the forgotten. It is bearing in your heart, perhaps in your flesh, the suffering of others and their infinite worth to act for the sake of grace in their lives, to be in solidarity with the poor for the sake of justice. It is to embody God's grace amidst human failings. It is your grateful choice to suffer for the sake of love. Lay down the sword of doctrines and arguments, the shield of your separate self, your privileged security, and take up the cross of Christ, the risk and vulnerability of the gospel, the courage to confront injustice and embody healing, the love of God, weak, naked, and tender in this world, and more powerful than a hundred armies. And as you follow Christ, may you learn to die so you may truly live. Amen. We now come to a time of communion. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So at this table, we recognize no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. We will not turn anyone away. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. You are God's beloved. The cross 
is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy, where pain meets healing, fear meets faith, death meets resurrection, hate meets love. Together, this table is at its intersection where two lines meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is the table of love, the center from where love flows. This, this table, table is, is one of awareness, awakening, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of salvation, of love. With grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing at your table where all are equal, all are free. We, we ask, ask you to bless, bless this bread and this cup. Through this meal, make us the body of Christ, where we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. We remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat it, and as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, Drink this, all of you. This cup is a new covenant poured out for you and for many do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Will the stewards come forward to distribute elements? For those who are new at FCC, uh, please hold on to elements um, and we'll partake it together as one body.
God, bless these simple elements so they will nourish and strengthen us in body and in spirit. Let us partake of the elements together. May I invite you to stand in body or in spirit to join in this prayer. Together. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we received, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. All right, siblings, welcome once again. Welcome home. All right, wonderful message. Thank you so much, Pauline, for the message. I hope, I hope all of us, after this message, we are dying to lift and not hurrying to leave. Right? <laughs> okay? Because being part of the community is an important part of growing a healthy self. All right? Connecting with others, connecting with ourselves. All right? And not, uh, okay, I hear the message. Uh, I connect with Jesus taking the communion. Okay, time to leave. Alright, so I hope those, especially those online, you'll stay with us, right? Stay connected with the community, get some updates as we continue through the rest of the service as part of the worship experience. So, welcome home to Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal, alright? So, the freedom to be the children of God, to receive this love freely and to give of our love, that, that this love that we have received freely to others. So for those who are new with us online and on site, I invite you to connect with us. All right? No obligation. It's not saying that, oh, you scan this QR code, become a member. No. All right? So please, look, please try to fill in this QR code so that we can connect better with you, to attend to you, to care for you, all right? by going to fcc.li slash welcome. Um, fill out the form and it's best you give us an uh, email that you check uh, regularly because you'll be, we will send you invite to our newcomers meeting that's happening on the, mm, this is over today, right? There's, but however, if you can't make it for the one to happening after the service today, you can join us for the ones happening in March, right? So if you have any inquiries or question about what uh, the newcom newcomers meeting is about, email to us at info at freecomchurch.org. So, before we move on, those who are online, if you feel that today's message really touched your heart and more people, friends around you need to hear this message, please like, uh, thumbs up, subscribe, all right, and turn on the notification button <laughs> so that you receive our weekly message. 
we continue the worship of God through our giving. So a word about giving, right? Especially this is our Lent that Pauline uh, mentioned, right? Not from the angle say, oh, you know, I must do work of charity, alms, so that I can be worthy. But rather, I invite you to reframe and look at it from the angle of fellowshipping with God. Recognizing that, hey, you know, I'm giving not because I'm seeking validation from God or myself. Rather, I invite you to acknowledge that we are already loved, blessed, and gifted by our loving God. And so, it is an act of returning that love, acknowledging that love, that we are enough. A few admin matters, right? Shown on the screen is uh, the general fund and the renovation fund. A word of, for the past uh, instances, we have been checking the account board. We do regularly hold ourselves accountable in terms of the giving, the receiving. Now, some of you have previously, over the years, set up um, sending orders for giving to the general fund and the building fund. Thank you very much on that. However, because we have proper governance, whatever goes into the building fund, we are not allowed and we will not uh, misuse for any other purposes. So the, build, the money that we receive, the offering that we receive in the building fund goes down to only paying the mortgage. However, the mortgage has been paid off. So right now, if, if you have done uh, stand, standing orders, Alright, or recurring um, give, gifting or offering um, to the building fund. We'd like to remind you, invite you to uh, readjust that to give to the general fund um, directly or the renovation fund. Alright, it's important to do the renovation fund because this year we are hoping to receive early on the gift, the uh, gift and offering for the renovation fund so that we can commence the renovation with full confidence as a community, with the support of the community, as you've seen earlier, right? Really kudos to the congregation online and on-site. Nothing ha happens in life stop us from praising and loving God, amen? Right? Even when the screen, fa screen fails, our praise goes on, right? So that is really very impressive. Can I invite you to really give applause to one another for you know, being grounded being in the presence of God rather than like, oh, uh, music stop. I had attended, I had experienced before, like, whereby son <laughs> also had to do with the song, how familiar you are with the song. And when the screen stops, lyrics stop, everybody stopped. <laughs> so we didn't. So kudos to that. So it shows us the importance of maintaining the upkeep of the environment for our community. So I invite those who have not set up the sending orders for your renovation fund to do so. Those who have done so for the building fund to make adjustment to the renovation fund. So the details of the general fund and the build, uh, renov general fund and the renovation fund for those on site can be found on the stickers behind the chairs. Chairs, so you can just uh, look in front, or you can just take a uh, QR code and scan the screen. So give us a few moments to prepare our hearts for offering um, for our offering to fellowship and worship God. So let's join our hearts together, center ourselves, lifting our offering into the hands of our God. Join me in our prayer. 
loving God, ever-living God, our eternal lover, the one who cares for us unconditionally. Thank you. Thank you, God, for giving us our Lord Jesus Christ, who shows us what it means to die to love, to die to life. Help us, God. Grant us the grace to live each day to this spirit of dying to life. And as, as an act of trust and acknowledgement of your love, we lift this offering into your hands. We place them into your hands as a sign of our fellowship and partnership with you to restore our world to shalom. We thank you. Continue to bless the hands that lifts up this offering, O oh God. Bless their lives. Grant them growth and healing. And may your presence be with us now and always. We give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. May I invite the stewards to come forward. For those who are gifting, um, giving an offering, uh, physically, just raise your hand and our stewards will come to you to receive the offering. Now stay on. We have a few important announcements. This is very important. The first announcement will be on baptism class and membership sign up as we are approaching Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Right? So some of you might have not, uh, you're exploring your faith. You're exploring a deeper relationship with the divine. And say, hey, what is this thing that Christians do about baptism? Like, how come some sprinkle water, some go into the water? They come out, lah, don't stay in the water only, okay? So, what is the significance of this act? Alright, what does it mean to be baptized? So, it doesn't mean that you will sign up for this class, we, we will die-die, like Singaporeans say. Die-die make you go through baptism. No, we are not that kind of church, okay? So, if you're exploring, you'd like to ex understand the deeper meaning behind baptism and what it signifies. Right? I encourage you to sign up at fcc.li slash baptism. Go to the same QR code and the link all right, to inquire about membership. So maybe some of you have, uh, have been visiting us, have uh, joined us for, us for some time all right, uh, as a Christian, right? but have not... Um, join us as a member and you're exploring, hey, what does it mean to be a part of this community, part of this family, right? What does it entail? And you have this, be prayerful about it and you feel that, you know, I want to be part of this community. I want to make this my home, right? I want to support the community and receive wholehearted support also from the community. I accept the love from the community. Join us as a member by scanning the QR code, filling up the form and we'll reach out to you. Do the, for those who are already members, amen to that. Please encourage those around you also to become members, especially those perhaps in a cell group, right, but they have been around for some time. Maybe like to open up a conversation to invite them to consider. Okay, next. Lantern spiritual companionship. So if you are seeking to, be, to have companionship, someone to walk with you during the seasons of Lent, right, to receive tending, to receive love and to receive care or to also give of that right? to companion one another because it's not mentorship, right? it's not Lenten <laughs> mentorship but companionship is that eternal flow of love and care right? to, be, to practice that go to fcc.li slash 
slash lent 224 or scan the QR code above. Okay. This is important. All right. So today is the closing date for TMART. Right? This I invite all of us. Now, I'm not asking you that immediately you must give. But I invite all of us to take out our phone, all right, to scan the QR code. This is important because it has to, as we know actually economically, recently there's a lot of inflation going on. And people have been losing jobs. Right? My friend from the um, SSO, he's an SSO, so um, a social service officer, has been telling me that a lot, there has been an increase of case of people meeting financial difficulties. Right, in our community at large in Singapore. So uh, right now, as, as of today's last day, right, we have outstanding items right, that's, wa that's waiting for sponsorship and adoption. Right? So for example, we have 13 items of fruit gems, peanuts, cocktail syrup, tea bags, right? um, like soya sauce, Maggie chili sauce, sweet sauce, and uh, facial tissues. So these daily items will mean a lot to our beneficiaries, right? Our, our brothers and sisters, our siblings within the uh, transgender community and beyond. Right? So uh, please um, consider it. Right? You don't have to like say, well, 14 items, I give all 14 items. Even one little item, one small sponsorship counts and will bring joy to the heart and give dignity to the lives of our siblings um, from the transgender community. So please do that. Because from um, the information given by Kin, until we have collected all the items, we will not proceed with delivery. Right? Delivery happens on the 3rd of March. So today is the closing date. We really hope the community comes together to rally together and show our love for our community. So please go to fcc.li slash t dash mart. If you have any questions all right, regarding um, this donation drive, please uh, get in touch with Keen at 9062-9926. Thank you very much, everyone. Next announcement. So social media team is expanding. Really, the social media team has come a long way. Some of the members on the social media team current and previously are with us on-site and online. We are looking at growing our presence, spreading the love and the good news from a, a healthy and non-traumatizing message from level. I do many, many, many times there are mix of messages about what Christianity presents on the social media and we want our voice to be presented out there. So if you want to be part of this digital uh, mission, right, join us as a designer or copywriters. Right? Experience the, uh, ex if you have experience in Photoshop, Illustrator, or uh, anything uh, pro designing programs from the Adobe Suite, or you have experience in copywriting, or you just love writing and telling stories, join us as a designer or copywriter. We will get in touch with you. Please go, um, you can get in touch by going to Telegram, all right, and looking at Lex Hiho, all right, just add this person as a friend, all right, that will get in touch with Lexi. Lexi will get in touch with you and then talk to you about the uh, work involved or just have a conversation about that. So the recruitment drive is open until the end of February. Thank you.
Okay, that ends the announcement segment. We'd like to invite our pastor to come forward to give us the benediction. Thank you, Mia. So before uh, benediction, I, uh, we are having our newcomers meeting immediately after this. So invite um, those new those who have not been to a newcomers meeting who are present physically um, to join us at the back for um, a short get to know you session uh, with um, some of our uh, leaders uh, in the congregation, and we also would like to get to know you. To um, uh, uh, after service, um, we have a few people who, uh, who will be around to pray for you if you have any needs. Uh, come forward and we will pray for you. This is confidential and they will support you in prayer. And finally, uh, a little update lah, so that people know. Uh, last week, I made an announcement about um, matching the renovation fund up to $5,000, right? We hit already. <laughs> so, so, but that doesn't mean that we hit the renovation fund target. <laughs> That's a different thing, right? So I want to invite, that doesn't mean we stop, uh, you know, you, you know uh, no need to give to the renovation fund anymore. I would like to invite also those people who are considering uh, giving some money to the renovation fund. If you, are, if you want to do a matching too, come and approach um, Pauline, myself, or any of the board members, and we can work out something. So we have uh, to encourage people to give to the building fund. So we hit target by June because we plan to renovate um, in, um, in the third quarter of of the year. So it's kind of a rush la, because the, the fundraising needs to complete in half the time uh, the full amount. So want to really give this a push. Right? So I invite you to rise in body and in spirit for the benediction. God, you who give us life and give us life in such abundance, send us out knowing we are beloved and in anchored in that knowledge, anchored in that love, that we become beacons of hope and anchors of love for others so that in who we are, in us being the ones you pass love through to the world, that we are able to change, shape, and bring about this new world that you are bringing on this earth. So God, continue to be with us. Guide us in that knowledge and in that love always. Go in Jesus' love, in His name. Amen. Thank you for joining this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a blessed week ahead.